Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Kim Naoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I'm honored to have my friend and uh, former colleague, Eric Harper, Director of Athletics, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. How are we doing today, Eric? Good, Kim. How are you doing, man? Good. Pleasure to see you. Good to see the colors. Uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a year, believe it or not. It's been a year, so I've been away from there. It's been a so, year. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. So let's get right into it. So today we're talking about mentorship, and I wanted to talk to you about lessons that you learned through your leadership journey in athletics. If you were to look back at a young Mr. Hopper early in your career, what would you advise the young you about building a successful career? You know, it's one thing that I've told uh, several people, and uh, including a lot of our student athletes, is make sure that you spend time not only being diverse in thought, but diverse in skill set. Uh, that was I was told that a long time ago. I won't put the number on it, but a long time ago <laughs> when I started in this profession is don't be locked into just understanding and knowing one area. If you have an interest in being an athletic director, it's important that you know and have some semblance of, of the whole scope of college athletics, if that's where you want to work. And uh, I thought I thought it was uh, important to be diverse in thought, diverse in skill set, uh, well before uh, you you really focus in on your niche. And and it took me a little while to to get into my niche of, of fundraising. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, because you started in not you know in football ops, and uh, you know you know you you you've worked sort of like in the nitty gritty. Uh, uh, say the belly of uh, of uh, intercollegiate athletics, uh, and so so that 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 was a very uh, interesting transition for for you, right? You know, to go from operation and then to go towards a, a front facing sort of uh, career. Yeah, you know, but if I if I take it all the way back to the beginning, and, I, and I'll say October of ninety, I started out in marketing, promotions, and, and development. Back then, the marketing development, promotions was all under one umbrella. And then it kind of started to, as, as revenue generation began to become more of a prevalent and needed focus, mm-hmm. development slash fundraising kind of moved its way away from the marketing and promotions piece. So they became two separate units and two separate departments. and. Through my time with that, I got into the, I was kind of a Learfield IMG before Learfield IMG. I was a mm-hmm. corporate sponsor, uh, director of advertising sales at Kansas State, which dealt with all of our corporate sponsors, as well as stadium advertisement from billboards uh, within the, uh, the arena to video, uh, what little video you had back then, which was really yeah. more of a tri-vision. Um, mm-hmm. At the, at the stadium and then uh, moving into, as you mentioned earlier, 
the operations piece when I went to the University of Arizona and then back onto the uh, full-time administrative side. No, that's awesome. Very rich career. So I want to go back to Texas. Okay. You know, you're, 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 you're a kid from small town, Texas. Uh, you came from very humble beginnings to go to Kansas state, which is, you know, is another story, but uh, when you think of that upbringing in small town, Texas, how did your upbringing prepare you for the leadership journey? No, I, I think, you know, I have eight brothers and sisters. I have two parents uh, and grandparents that, that all did it and, and fought the hard way, uh, not being afraid to get your hands dirty. Uh, you know, this day and age, I, I, I use an ink pen more than I use a, a <laughs> hammer or a screwdriver or a drill or anything like that. But at the same time, I was walking uh, streets uh, in my hometown of Denison, Texas, uh, with a lawnmower and a gas can. And I was mowing lawns. I knock on your door. If, you, if your grass was high, I knock on your door and see if you. But I learned that from my brothers. I learned that, you know, hey, if there's a, a limb hanging over the street, go and ask that person if they, you can cut that limb down because it's causing problems. Or they have a yard full of leaves. Let them know you'll rake their leaves up. Doesn't matter how many, how, you know, just trying to get a little, little change in your pocket so you can go and, and, and buy it. I'm going to really date myself now. Knee-high pop, <laughs> uh, grape soda, uh, or, you know, a dill pickle that they sold at the counter. You know, those those days of, of you know, and that was 35 cents or 15 cents for a soda. Oh, just yeah. Old school being able to uh, brought up that way. And then when I got to Kansas state, it's just, you know, you know, the blue collar, the, the hard fought fight that, you know, to make ends meet with, I mean, we, we, we had a, you know, basically we had a farm, we raised cows and pigs and chickens and all of that good stuff to put meat on the table. Mm-hmm. And there's some days I didn't get meat, you know, I had, I had a syrup sandwich or a sugar sandwich, but you know what? There was always love in the house, and that has helped me to be who I am today. Uh, because we always had love in the house. You know, you you you, you can't st- uh, state it uh, more more succinct than you said. I mean, it's uh, that uh, the the love and appreciation for family. I mean, I, we talk a lot about uh, that in our field. You know, it's like we're in the we're in the people business, and uh, it's incredible how sometimes people tend to forget that. People are what matters, you know. We, you know, a good team, uh, a good family environment is what nurtures talent, is what builds up talent to uh, to be able to to do the work that we do. I mean, it's just you know, you you can't overstate that. I mean, it's just that critical. Uh, and as you think about that time with your brothers and 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 family and so forth, who are the most influential people in your life that shaped your your perspective? Uh, my perspective is shaped purely by my family, uh, from my father, my my grandmother, my mother, sisters, brothers. That that's who shaped me. I'm I'm not gonna, you know. Do I have some great coaches growing up in little league, uh, pop Warner football and boys club football and you know, pony league and baseball and soccer? You know, yeah, they helped and they shaped. But I I can't say enough and give enough credit to my family. Uh, for what they did for me uh, <clears throat> and the number of sacrifices they made so that I could play football. You know, I played tackle football at the age of six. You know, this day and age, you 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 won't, it's hard to get a parent to say yeah. yes to tackle football at the age of, heck, at the age of 10 or 12. 
it's hard to say yes. <laughs> but if you're but if you're taught right uh, and you're and you show the values of teamwork and the values of being a part of a a group of, of, of young young boys that are being led by some men, especially in a small town like Denison, Texas, led by some young men that you knew if you screwed up at practice that mom and dad had already given the okay for you to get, you know, oh, yeah. tattooed a little bit, you know, so this day and age you can't do that. And I get it. I understand it. You know, the world has evolved. But it, it, importantly, it's it's important for me to, to express who I am today has been is 100% shaped by my parents, my grandparents, my brothers, my sisters, uncles, uh, aunts. That that's 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 why who I am I am today because of them. Well, they did a great job. They they definitely did a great job. Uh, so as you look back in your career as an athletic administrator, uh, what are the top lessons that you have learned through the various experiences that you have had? If you were to you know, boil it down to Probably the easiest thing to boil it down to, Kim, is I was very fortunate starting out in my career to work for people that really cared and had my best interest at heart. You know, I, I can't say that fully for every person I've ever talked to in this profession. Uh, I can't say that, you know, people I, I've, I've worked with in the past felt like their supervisor had their best interest at heart. And I do believe, you know, the people that, that helped start me in this business really 100% truly had my best interest at heart. And that goes back to Steve Miller, who was the athletic director at Kansas State during a period of time I was there. Uh, Steve went on to work for Nike, uh, Phil Knight's right-hand guy. And, and Steve is actually right here in Las Vegas right now, uh, working for the Agassiz Foundation uh, as their CEO. So, People like Steve Miller, uh, Chris Peterson that worked at uh, Kansas State that started me, and Chris actually worked at Nebraska as well uh, under uh, Coach Devaney. And you know, in the, you know, Matt McMillan had the pleasure of playing for Bob Stoops at, at Kansas State before he went on to Florida. So th those are some individuals that have really helped shape who I am as an administrator uh, by giving me those opportunities, but but showing how much they truly care about my growth. Uh, as well as Jim Livengood, who I still talk to today, who was an athletic director at uh, Washington State, Southern Illinois. Uh, Jim was also my first time in, in, encountering Jim was a kid with the was at Arizona, and then Jim brought me here to UNLV. So I can't thank Jim enough uh, for for the for the you know the kind of the second half of my career uh, of Jim, you know, pouring uh, his energy into me and, and my growth. No, he's a, he's a great gentleman. And, uh, you know, uh, everywhere you go and you mention his name, I mean, there's, you know, people will say positive things because uh, he is one of one who walked the walk and talked the talk. And so, yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim was, you know, very, very responsible for bringing NACTA to Las Vegas, and mm -hmm. which he started that process, you know, pretty much nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, he started that process and, and lo and behold, this past summer, NACTA was here in Las Vegas uh, for the first time ever. So you take all the lessons you learned from Jim, and now that you know, now you're the man. You know, you you know, you you're the director of athletics. Like I said earlier, I couldn't think of a more deserving person than you to be at the helm of UNLV. I mean, uh, is it's what the institution needed. And so as you 
as we look at all that, uh, what are you doing to, to manifest uh, this servant leadership, family-oriented sort of mantra within uh, the athletic department? You know, for, for me, Kim, it's, it, it is going back to, to my old roots. And, you know, I understand new technology and, and, you know, in the big terms of innovation and creativity and those particular things. But you know what? There, there's still a level of ground, grassroots that you still have to do to this day. You know, our, our department has, has, you know, we had five core values. I, I took it to six. But integrity, accountability, excellence, service, innovation. But I added empathy. And I added empathy for the reason that the more your staff feels that you care about them, the more they're going to be willing to run through a wall for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just some of the very simple things that, that I've done here to show, you know, to walk the walk and talk the talk is to, you know, I've had staff uh, units come in my office, sit down and just break bread together and not necessarily talking about work. You mm -hmm. know, let, let me know who you are as an individual. As right. I sit in this seat, I can't, you know, some decisions I can't make until I know, truly know uh, what's going to be best for that particular unit or for that particular individual. Um, this past spring, I had a food truck come out, not because mm -hmm. it was the end of the year, but I just wanted to tell our staff, thank you. And it didn't matter if, if it fits your schedule. Great. Yeah. If it didn't fit your schedule. You weren't going to be ostracized for not showing up. But we had a food truck just to sit down, break bread, laugh, and you talk with people that you don't see on a regular basis. Because, in you know, in the majority of athletic departments around the country, and even institutions, mm -hmm. you're somewhat decentralized in, in a oh, yeah. degree. So being able to show that empathy uh, in, in full practice has been, I think, an advantage for our department to grow and change our culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and I shouldn't say change our culture, but just improve our culture to yes. where, you know, people are, 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 you know, coming to work with a smile on their face, enjoying their heart. And I learned that, that, that phrase from a friend of mine at the University of Arizona. And I see people coming to work, you know, smiling, laughing. Uh, we walk down the hall, uh, you know, smiling, laughing, enjoying being at work. Uh, but at the same time, everybody understands their expectations, their, their, the objectives for their job, their goals. Everybody understands that. And if that means you, you, you get it all done in, in six hours a day uh, throughout the week, uh, fine and dandy. If it takes you 10 hours a day to get your mm -hmm. job done, fine and dandy. Uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the fiscal year, and every single day, our student athletes are the number one constituent that we have. Our, Absolutely, our, our staff uh, and and our donors are, are come two and three. Regardless, you know, one day you could say two, one day you could say three. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. But yeah. at the end of the day, those three constituents there, it's a it's a constant circular motion of those interacting and engaging with each other. But at the same time, Kim, we did a deal this this past summer. We this past spring, we engaged uh, a, a program called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And it's a mm -hmm. program that's called that you you build beds for underprivileged youth in your respective communities, and just happens to be a chapter here in Las Vegas. So over four thousand mm -hmm. kids are sleeping on the floor, or sleeping two or three, sleeping two or three to a bed, or sleeping on a couch, or, or whatever. They're 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 not getting a good night's sleep before they go to school the next day. So our student athletes were, you know, they chose to help as a community of service to help underprivileged youth 
throughout the city of Las Vegas. So what we did this year is the, the most beds this organization has built in one day is 30. Mm -hmm. We, I, I asked uh, Jackie Perez, my uh, basically chief of staff for athletics to sit down and say, Jackie, I want to do this program because they have a facility that they do it at. I wanted to bring it to campus. I wanted to bring this program to campus and build a hundred beds. By bringing it to campus, we're, we invited the community to come be a part of it. We invited the campus. So our president spent uh, an hour plus out saying and helping put together uh, beds. That's awesome. Uh, VP of the foundation was here for over an hour working. Diana Bennett, one of our top donors was here for over an hour. Helping, put, uh, helping prepare the wood to be to build these beds. And we had some other, Matthew Frazier, you know, some names that you know that are high, yeah. high level donors to, to UNLV. And we also had uh, Nikki Fargus, the president of the Las Vegas Aces. She was here for almost three hours, mm -hmm. Sandy. So, you know, the Raiders were involved. The, the Las Vegas Aviators were involved. The, the Knights were involved. You know, so it was a community project that is helping get kids off the floor. And we were, I would, took my, my oldest daughter this past weekend or two weekends ago, and we delivered five of those beds to uh, much needed. I walked in the first apartment, there was three kids sleeping on about a four inch air mattress. Oh, wow. And we, we, brought, we built three beds within that house. And, it, and, and people are still talking about this and we're planning to build a bed uh, bed build 2.0 uh, next spring, and hopefully we can build 150 beds. You know, it takes a lot of lumber, uh, but it takes a lot of people as well. We had 417 volunteers on wow. that particular day uh, from our teams, uh, football, basketball, soccer, swim, uh, women's basketball, uh, our staff. Uh, you know, we were, we were there from roughly 6.30 in the morning till about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we built the beds. And that's, you know, you asked me about what, you know, what, what that probably to me has probably been the most rewarding and I think also impactful thing of bringing a campus community uh, and athletic department together as one on a day to help someone well beyond our, our, you know, our style, our systems. It's something giving back to the community. And I think it, it it's going to, provided a lot of opportunity for a lot of young kids that in the second house, they didn't even have a bed. I think they were wow. literally sleeping. They didn't even have an air mattress. I think they were just sleeping on, on carpet. So uh, that, that's that. So that part of empathy in our, in our core values kind of drives it home right there. No, that's incredible. <clears throat> I mean, you are exposing these student athletes to the community and they get to see the impact that they have within the community. I mean, I, I'm still involved with uh, Compassionate Las Vegas, uh, you know, with uh, Dr. Dar Jamieson and that organization. Uh, and a lot of what we do, we try to do is community building, is bringing people together to be a uh, positive uh, force for uh, change, uh, you know, to sort of like spur that from within. And uh, so I definitely uh, applaud you for, for uh, you know, connecting uh, the student athletes, the community, and really ensuring that they are having a, a well-rounded experience, experience by serving others, uh, something that is, is much, much needed in the community. And that's going to make them 
you know, better, uh, you know, for, for doing that. So um, as we think about here and we, we get into the tail end of things, I want, I want you to think about two key takeaways from your journey to where you are that you would like our audience to, uh, to you know, to, uh, to consider, think about, ponder as they listen to you talk about, you know, this career that you've had and the wonderful things that you're doing as a servant leader for your institution. I think one would be always know that someone's watching, um, regardless of what you're doing, always know that, that some young um, impressionable person is watching uh, what you do, how you do it, when you do it. Uh, they're always looking to see what is the character of this individual when they don't think anybody's watching. But let me let you on a little secret. Somebody is always watching uh, so I think understanding and being a, always being aware of your surroundings, uh, especially in our society today, being aware of what's what's going on around you, you know, and probably secondly, uh, the takeaway would be, you know, kind of how I got into this. And once I got into it, I go back to my, some of my earlier statements, you know, be diverse in thought and be diverse in skill set. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those two two things right there are paramount to to what I am today, to who, who I you know am, what I do today. You know, understanding the marketing side, understanding promotion side, uh, understanding compliance. I spent eight years in compliance. Uh, understanding the specific inner workings of a sports specific programming. You know, albeit I was with football, but I you know it it all all of the sports and the sports specific piece they're all correlate to each other. They're all, yeah. they're, they're all the same in, in one respect. It's just, you know, one's got a bat, you know, there's a bat and a ball with baseball. There's a bat and a ball with softball. There's a basketball uh, with basketball, of course, and football is different, you know, it's different balls, different um, ways of, of doing their, their sports. But at the end of the day, they all operate very, very, very similar in the consistency of the discipline of being on time the discipline mm-hmm. of, of, of just being a team where obviously we've, we've all heard a team, you know, together, everyone achieves more, you know, yeah. there's no I in team, but as Michael Jordan says, but there is in win, uh, you know, <laughs> but th- those, those particular things as it relates to a team that is, 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 there's a lot of diversity in teams. There's a lot of, uh, um, you know, diversity and skill set on teams. And that's why teams uh, succeed because everybody doesn't do the exact same thing. You know, exactly. everybody has something in, in their role on the team. And you know, every now and then it's okay to not be the man or the woman, uh, you know, showing the servant leadership. But, you know, really the two takeaways Diversity of thought, diversity in skill set, and, and never, never, lo- never lose sight of that. You have to be diverse in what you do from a thought and a skill set perspective. Well, there you have it. I'm Kim Naoni. Thanks for tuning in to Mentorship Matters, and we will see you soon.